listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. To episode 284 of the Nerds Assemble podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Paul, aka Retroid. This week, because it is, well, it's, it's all over now, it's all done and dusted, uh, but we're picking through the uh, carcass that was E3 2021. Um, or, or, or was it virtually three? <laughs> Sorry. Um. So we between us we've watched a few of the um showcases. Mostly you guys. <laughs> I've been um working a lot. Yeah, you have actually, to be fair. He's got a long shift tomorrow. He's he's in late. Oof. Um uh but yeah, so we we we've got we we're not talking about every single freaking game that was revealed during E3 you mean, or I- expanded upon. I have to throw out my 5 minute opinion of why Cod can just Go do itself. Go for it. Uh, and no, it just really should. Okay. I'm so very <laughs> bored of cold. There you go. That's there it. There we go. <laughs> um, it's a bluff cold. <laughs> but um, some stuff caught rise. Uh, I would say that in some ways, um, I think one of the most frustrating things about watching this particular E3 is just that the the lack of PS5 continuing in my life. Not that it was a Sony showcase, but I just felt it a little bit more acutely. Um, and then, like, and I and I, I've got a personal realization about the Xbox Series X and X, which I will share in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so because I know it's at least one for both Retroid and me, and they're the only. One well, in a way, they're the only ones aside from Ubisoft that did like a proper long ass showcase uh, for Xbox and Bethesda. Yeah. Um, with their so, shiny new purchase. With their shiny new purchase, where they were showing off everything and flogging that dead horse that is Skyrim, um, and pointing which, out it's which, ten which, years which old this year. Yeah, only too happy to you know, continue being flogged. Yeah. Is it Skyrim10.com they want everyone to head to or something with, like, memories? I don't know. (laughs) There's some website that's like they they want people to share moments from the game. It's like, okay, guys. Anyway. Well, there there was a time I was, um, you know, I got an arrow in the knee. (laughs) um they did announce something new uh for bethesda bethesda have been cooking away on which uh was nice but also frustrating at the same time which was starfield space 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 Space. the final frontier wait there's no it's not star trek it's it does involve by the looks of it space travel and are you space Uh, yeah yes son I love you. And and like op- open open world open Portal 2 reference. 
solar system ishness. I don't know what the galaxy situation is, but it looks like you're moving between planets. Ba- basically, I I don't care about the you know any of the specifics on it. It's a space game. It's by Bethesda. I am there. Except I do wonder what a new generation of bugs for it will be like. <laughs> Apparently, it's a new engine. A new engine to make entirely so, new bugs in. Bugs. Well, as as in, it's not got all the old bugs that because uh, I was I was reading up on when they went to you know when they upgraded the engine to the new you know from between like Fallout Three. Mm. And they went to Fallout 4, and, you know, that led to all the, you know, volumetric lighting and, you know, everything being prettier and, you know, stuff like that. A lot of the old bugs remained. Yes. Yes, they did. Whereas, yeah. So, But I think this time there's, yeah, it's much more of a, a new engine. And at least they don't have to worry so much about having a constant revenue stream because they're owned by Microsoft. So mm-hmm. they can. But, I, I, I... Is, is, does that logic ever work? Like, oh, now this this uh, the small creative um, you know powerhouse uh, can uh, you know not worry about revenue anymore because they've been bought by this mega conglomerate. Well, it, it's it, going to be fine now. It's debatable. <laughs> I mean, it's you know that was always the argument when it came to um, you know EA of decades past. Hmm. You know, when they would buy it, you know, a developer would do really well and they'd get stuff and EA would come along and say, hey, why don't, you know, you come under our umbrella and we'll be nice and we won't gut you in five to ten years' time. (laughs) Did we say that bit? Damn. Pretend you didn't hear it. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, all the, you know, all the classic devs that, you know, did exactly that and then they found themselves just, yeah destroyed from within basically because ea would just you know continue interfering too much but hopefully i get the feeling because zenimax weren't small no they're massive so yeah i i I think it may have shifted a little bit i mean i want to get excited about it but it's what what i'm quickly realizing after this e3 and, and and the fact that Microsoft does very much now own Bethesda, heart and soul, um, everything, um, is that if I were to get an Xbox Series X or S, but probably X, um, I'm looking at a Bethesda box, not an Xbox Series X, a <laughs> Bethesda box. That's literally all it would be for, I think. Because they've pretty much got no, ex- well, they got a couple of exclusives I might be interested in, but that I think that's what I'd pretty much turn it into, which is worrying. That's fair. I, I, could, I could see that, but then if you... Now, would you, if you got a Bethesda box, would you buy the Bethesda Pass? Yes, this is the thing. I probably would buy the Bethesda Pass so that I've got access to all that sweet, sweet, sweet RPG back catalogue. Yeah, you you can. It's devious in its simplicity, isn't it? It is cunning. It, it's working a little bit. Actually, do you know what? Um, aside from Nintendo, 
one thing, unfortunately, one thing I, I got from the Xbox Bethesda showcase mm-hmm. was a very. If I was to unfortunately perhaps stereotype the gender of the whole showcase, it was very much towards the the, the masculine end of things. It yeah, it felt quite a lot like that. Um, which there is one there of the were games that did, wouldn't necessarily you know fit in with that, but they were in the minority. <laughs> um, they were. And and it's one of the reasons why we didn't end up going for Xbox One was because when they were kind of you know launching the console and and doing everything, they were being really kind of guy like about it. Mm. It was just that it wasn't as neutral as it could have been. So yeah, may I may I mention a Nintendo com- in an advertising campaign from years past? Oh, I have thing I vaguely might have seen a bad YouTube video of it, but go for it. Will Styles rescue the girl or play like one? Uh, yes, the classic. Yeah, which is like, wow. Even at the time, I thought, wow. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. But we don't know much about, going back to stuff, but we don't know much about it right now other than yeah. space. Pretty much we suspected RPG rather than something like... Uh, what happens with like the Doom games? Um, yeah. So aside from that, yeah. yeah aside from that, it's it's it, it's not going to be Doom. Yeah, it, it's probably going to be RPG in space. Um, I wonder. I I do wonder like because Bethesda do like doing Easter eggy things. I do wonder if there's going to be any Easter eggs that link back to any of their other games scattered across the heavens. Oh, there's. I would say there's going to be a reference or two, or yeah. three, or four. Or more. I just wonder if there's going to be some skeleton underneath, like a giant boulder on some planet. And a hat. Well, as part of the Game Pass... Th- Sorry, Bethesda Pass. <laughs> um, just yesterday, I re-downloaded... Um, or rather downloaded, because I'd not had it before on the Expo. Um, Wolfenstein New Blood. Okay. And... The reason I bring that up is, well, first of all, it's just been added to Game Pass because, of course, they have they own Bethesda now, so you know, might as well have that there as one of the things, and it's a good game, so you know, why not? Um, but I remember from playing on the PC that right near the start, there is a Skyrim helmet in one of the Nazi offices. <laughs> so yeah. They they kind of are one for putting in little references, so I look forward to seeing what exactly is going to turn up. Okay, and and presumably with it being Bethesda and in an RPG, there will be terminals and logs for you to read. So there's bound to be something referenced, if not skeletons under boulders. Yeah, if not both. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next next one. Which is not Bethesda land, so we moved into Turtle Rock land. Um, yes. And and those who might know their Turtle Rocks uh, might remember that these are the people behind the Left 4 Dead games. And the ill-fated, um, was it Evolution? Evolve. Evolve. Evolve, I think it was. Which I have a sealed PS4 copy of and I've never <laughs> yeah. played. Because yeah. it pretty much died to death by the time we got it on disc. 
Mm. Yeah, so... that, that that was an example with, um, I think, the development got pushed in directions because of the publisher. Prince they wanted um, monetization and all kinds of crap like that. And, of course, that didn't work. No. But the game we are talking about, which is new, is Back for Blood. Yeah! Which very much continues more in the vein of the Left 4 Dead games, but more these people appear to be some form of professional, I felt, rather than amateurs. Or maybe they're just hardened to the life of killing zombies at this point. And did it yeah. specifically say that it's an Xbox exclusive? Well, it's at least Xbox and PC. Um, not sure. I can't remember. Somebody he's I shall, I shall somebody's not making notes. Needs to uh, quickly Google that. Back for blood. I have a feeling it's multi-format, but I don't know exactly how multi-format. Well, I mean, like, the original Left 4 Dead's weren't. It is coming out on PS5, so it's fine. And PS4. And PS4. Do you know what? I, I, I would say increasingly be wary of anything coming out on the PS4 unless somebody's already taken the dive and found out whether or not it actually works. Keep in yeah. mind that Cyberpunk 2077 has in the past day re-shown up on the PS4 store <laughs> with a warning not to buy it. So Yeah, that was it's apparently I've I've not looked it up, but it does pretty much say that on the Microsoft store as well. With yeah. if you have a pro or you know an Xbox in this case, then it may be worth giving it a try, but it's Definitely, if you've got a solid state drive, I would say if you replaced your, you know, PS4 hard drive with a, an SSD, you, it, you may be able to get away with certain stuff on it. I mean, we've got an external hard drive as an SSD, but yeah, that's no anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling no uh, on that front. But anyway, back for blood. Yes. Kill, the, kill the zombies. Kill all the zombies. Lots of zombies. Lots of killing. Or, I am, or, or, I am looking not, forward or, to that. Or, or, it's not looking like oh, Paul's got the official website up. So it's well, it's not zombies via virus or whatever the reanimated corpsiness is. They've gone the parasite route. Ooh. The devil worm. I see. I, I don't think they ever got into Basically, Resident Evil Four zombies. Instead, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's not quite less plagas, but yeah, yeah. Le- Left for Dead. I don't recall them ever going into an origin thing. No, apart from possibly um, calling them infected, but that could mean anything really. Yeah, well, they never used this. They pointedly did not use the Z word, did they? Hmm. Um, going a bit walk- Walking Dead kind of. On that, basically. I mean, that's that's fair because there's a hell of a lot of baggage when you see a zombie. Yes. Um, But it's looking like we've got sort of, you know, cooperative multiplayer, you know, dealing with hordes. Which I, yeah, it's just, I really like the original, you know, two Left 4 Deads. I still uh, play them occasionally on PC. So, uh, because, especially because there's an extra um, chapter on 
the PC version. Yeah, I remember the extra chapter before, back when I had a PC that could actually play the old video game. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, looking forward to that. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a little strange that, you know, jumping ahead to another game here, you'll know mm-hmm. what, what I'm talking about. By the way, the um, the other member of the um, the podcasting team has joined. You may have heard. I, I thought I heard a meow. <laughs> there. <laughs> hey, cows. Hiya. Yeah, um, I have a feeling that there may be a little bit of a split when it comes to cooperative multiplayer sort of horde weird infected enemy type gaming and that's uh, the surprise announcement that was at the end of the uh, Microsoft Bethesda which was Redfall yes what, what did you think of that I was surprised that they were vampires I thought, I thought- I thought it was a pleasant surprise. I, 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 it was a pleasant surprise in the sense that the only thing that I've heard recently talking any mention of like vampires is like the ill-fated already. I think um, Vampire the Masquerade, sort of sequel, sort of not. It's turned into a yeah. shooter rather than an RPG. What the fuck? Um, yeah. Not going into that any more than that. But Redfall, interesting. You got like it almost looked like you had a whole bunch of human characters in it. Who had like kind of like sort of some look like magic? Yes, look like some kind of magic, but at the same time all lethal with guns. But also kind of one guy at least who's like a YouTuber or something who does almost like Buzzfeed Unsolved. Only it's actual paranormal stuff, and he yeah. also happens to know how to kill it with his friends who actually yeah. look like they spend most of the time covering his ass. <laughs> yeah. Especially because it, it, yeah, sets everything off at the start of the uh, the thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I liked, apart from, you know, the gameplay mechanics and the way it would change everything up, um, mm. the way that you had to get everyone, you know, from the beginning of the stage to the end and there would be set pieces in Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Uh, which it looks like Back 4 Blood and this are also going to be doing. Um, but I liked the characterizations. Yeah. I gave a crap about, you know, all of them. Yeah. So I I really liked the um the patter that was uh you know going back and forth. Um that trailer, although it was like a cinematic trailer, mm. um it was hinting that that if not classes, that you know each character has a different, you know, set of abilities. Yeah. So you can, you know, play towards that. Whereas, yeah, Grant, you know, Left for Dead again. Um, it it was more or less you just had, you know, a different skin and different voice, you know, different, you know, interactions. But yeah, this looks like it. It's like, oh, I'm actually more interested in Redfall than I am Back for Blood. I think I want to just play both, um, but for different reasons. Because it looks but, like. Uh, but does Redfall um, look like it's got more story? I think Redfall looks like it might. Although, who knows? Because um, Back for Blood is definitely going for the Left for Dead players. In the way they're showing, you know, everything. In the, you know, we're owned by a different company now, but, you know, you know what this is. 
Yeah. It's Left for Dead 3 with different names. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all that is fine. And, th- you know, the the whole thing, which, again, I I hate, I have the feeling I'm, I'm going to sound like a fanboy on this, but <laughs> with the Game Pass thing, all of these big announcements had the play it day one with Game Pass. Yes, they did. So in other words, normally I'd be looking at this you know, rundown and thinking, well, I'm going to have to choose between Back for Blood and Redfall. Especially because they're both releasing you know, near the end of this year. Mm. Whereas with with them both being on Game Pass, I don't have to. And that is kind of a genius move on their part because if you've got something that tickles your fancy in one game but less so in another, then either way they win because you're playing it on their hardware and they're publishing it. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, damn you. Damn you! Can I just point out with the the, um, whole Game Pass situation... Mm. Like, Devolver purposely took the absolute fucking piss out of that, didn't they? Oh, the Devolver thing, that was that was great. I mean, the, I, I, was it non fuckwithable tip? All I know is that I wasn't actually that interested in any of the games that had coming out. I mean, I might be once they're out, depending on what yeah. reviews are like. Because um, I would have known, I, I, I would have batted an eyelid at Hades originally, and I, I really love that game. But. Um, like, yeah, I was just like the, the Game Pass situation. Like, it to me, it's feeling a bit like what will eventually happen with like me with Spotify. Like, I'll listen to a load of different artists on Spotify. Yeah, because um, I do pay for premium. Um, but for those that I listen to a lot, I do eventually buy albums of. But of course, yeah. that's only going to be possible if there are going to be copies of the game either available to buy or, yeah. Well, that that's the thing. I am in favour of Game Pass so long as physical discs are still released. Yeah. Because, um, well, as an example, uh, I have, well, the um, Doom 2016 for Xbone sitting on my shelf, physical copy. And I bought that uh, because I played through it on Game Pass and I didn't want to lose access to it. Mm. Um, I've also got a copy of Prey, which you know I got for like a pound or something like that, which is another Bethesda game, but that that's one that is seriously underperformed at retail. So it's kind of you know that sank the franchise, and mm. you know until like you know another five years and they have another go. But I've heard loads of good things about it, so I picked it up, and of course it's on Game Pass now. <laughs> but I I have the disc. Um, I've also got the Red Dead Redemption Two on disc and I'm I'm on the lookout for um Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. And be, because EA is also on Game Pass now, it's no longer a you know a separate thing. You know, I played that basically as part of Game Pass. But mm. I, I want the disc as well yeah. because I'm not daft. <laughs> I yeah. know I don't own those, so if Game Pass lapses, then those are gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna just put up from it for anyone who's wondering. Uh, Redfall is uh, Xbox PC exclusive, um, and it's uh, it's looks like it's been developed by Arcane Austin, which is obviously under the arm of Tony Bethesda. Um, 
Is it under Bethesda or is it just under Xbox these days? I can never remember. Um, I I think they're keeping everything in place. Okay. So ultimately, they are Microsoft, but I think it's you know it's kind of if the system is working, then they're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna kick it out. Okay, I'm going to move this on. I'm, I'm working slowly through my list, but I'm trying yeah. to do the bigger stuff first. So, whose freaking uh, showcase did Elden Ring get shoved on? Because I just watched a trailer. I didn't see it as part of a showcase. I think oh, it was all, Squares. All I, rem- all I remember is my Twitter suddenly getting very excited when it was announced. It's not via me. <laughs> No, I think it was everyone else who had, I think, otherwise been lulled into a full sense of security by the rest of the Squeenix presentation. Yeah, these, the Squeenix one was not that exciting. It was so not exciting that um, nothing that I've heard out of it has convinced me to go watch the whole thing. Like, the trailer for Elden Rising was the only thing I went and bothered with. Um, and that, in which that, case, yeah. I, again, I think I understand why George R. R. Martin hasn't finished that his other book. Again. Oh yeah, because he's he's been lured with uh, game monies. Yeah. Is that the Elden Ring one? Uh, Is that yeah. the George R. R. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's him and um, somebody else uh, on the sort of writing crew, basically. In other words, George R. R. Martin has been asked for a few ideas and then Other Name is doing everything. Probably, else. but at the same time, yeah. considering how slow George R. R. Martin writes, him being asked for ideas is like bad if you want things actually done in a reasonable period of time. I mean, it, it depends. He could just be someone who comes up with all kinds of ideas for other things. And then just writes it down, or that's a good idea, but there's no way I can put it in Game of Thrones. Hmm. Maybe. Um, one thing, though, about Elden Ring, everyone was getting super excited about it. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because everyone was getting super excited about it. I took, you know, I watched a trailer um, recently, the past few days. And I was just like, huh. So this looks pretty standard for a fantasy game with a single playable character of a mm. typical kind of background, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at the, meanwhile, um, then um, somebody else, I don't know if it was in the same conference or not, but I saw the trailer for Lost Ark. I think that was on, maybe it was on Amazon, because Amazon did like a thing, didn't they? Um, I, I didn't bother with the Amazon one. Yeah, well, they had Lost Ark uh, shown, and it looked like... Elden Ring with a hint of Diablo 2. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, cool. Did, I, did I saw a few, you know, like um, Final Fantasy and, uh, you know, From Software fan, you know, fans go a bit mad or, you know, around those, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just kind of like, okay, cool. So basically, um, Aside from seeing that, um, and I'm going to link over to it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do one brief touch a moment because it's not an exclusive, I think, uh, into Nintendo's Direct, or the Nintendo Direct that happened. But um, Shin Megami Tensei uh, Five, 
Mm. I haven't been before like at all interested in a Shin Megami Tensei game. But for some reason, seeing the trailer during the uh, Nintendo Direct, I was actually quite interested. You went, ooh. Yeah, um, I have played like a bit of uh, two of the Persona games, um, and I've got five kicking about to actually play. Because um, aren't, aren't the Persona games kind of spin-offs or something? Yeah, like? they're like spin-offs, and they like sort of share mechanics in that, but they're not like the same universe. Um, yeah. they're, they're sort of similar but different. Um, so, but I've never played, you know, like, I remember seeing, um, the PS2 copies of, like, the third game. I was at least, it was called, like, Lucifer's Call or something over here. Let's see. Um, I actually have them on my shelf and I have not played them. (gasps) Um, I have Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga and Shin Megami Tensei Lucifer's Call. Yeah, that, that. So that one, I think, had a um, HD remaster uh, the past year. Um, yeah. And I'm now vaguely interested in maybe like just uh, put some money down there and playing that. I, I mean, it, it's a bit unfair to them because I've I've got these two sandwiched between um, my you know fancy collector's editions of Shadow of the Colossus and Silent Hill Two. <laughs> so it, you know, it's very unfair. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to bring that in briefly for a moment and just say uh, that massively caught my eye. I, 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 you know, I never played any of the Shin Megami Tensei games before, but it's, suddenly it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool when that happens sometimes because you can get drawn in. Yeah, and what I like because obviously I was like, oh god, you know, because it's a numbered title, does it tie into anything? Uh, and uh, yeah. it's like, and it's like a final, fa- and they're like the Final Fantasy series. They share common elements that they like repeat through the games, but the stories aren't connected. And you go, yes, exactly. So, uh, and 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 also they do like the Final Fantasy games change the combat systems, um, but the combat systems for both five and them researching um, the third one with the, yeah. the with the remaster, they look tolerable for my limited appreciation for um, newer forms of battle system. Um, so yeah, oh, and I just want to do a quick shout out to the fact that Kojima confirmed a Death Stranding director's cut for uh, PS5. PC has yet to be announced. Um, and for, I have a feeling that the PS5 director's cut will be probably the upgraded graphics that they got with the PC version, but on PS5. Um, yeah, and, and there might be some extra content. Unsure. I'm continuing my replay that I started uh, on PS4, regardless, because I'm trying to write a thing. Um, I'm 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 still standing, you know, looking up at this shelf and thinking I should probably replay Resident Evil Four on GameCube. <laughs> I should not replay Resident Evil Four anytime soon because I have stuff that I haven't played before kicking about oh well I've, uh, yeah I've, I've got hundreds of stuff i haven't played like a xenosaga episode two on <laughs> ps2 there <laughs> it's like um it's like like i, I you know trying to play like a new game or something and then like the, the call of a skyrim replay kind of like sounds through the heavens and i'm just like oh it yeah it's like, oh i've got a new thing to play oh what what what's that is it the sound of a big daddy walking through an underground, you know, underwater tunnel? Mm, mm. Oh, it might be. 
Yeah, I've started another Bioshock Reaper. Yeah. I'm My gonna excuse ask... is that I got, I got the 4K uh, screen, so... I'm going to ask Paul, because he hasn't done so much talking, what his... Because I know Nintendo Direct was what he was super excited for. So what... What... super excited for? I mean... Oh, I, I just remembered one. <laughs> but it's for both our sakes. Actually, there were two things in the Nintendo one that I've just remembered what what the other one was. But go it says on. three. Three from the Nintendo one. Three for... Okay, well. So you got... I mean, the big one was more uh, footage revealed of Breath of the Wild 2. Yes. Um, and the fact that it kind of looks like... Because um, I think what generally tends to happen with Zelda sequels is that it kind of... Well, like Majora's Mask, where you know you kind of end up kind of going into like a parallel world type, type mm. thing where things are familiar yet not, and it's not Hyrule and whatnot. And like Breath of the Wild Two is very much set in the Hyrule what you played in Breath of the Wild One. It, it is actually like a proper sequel. Yes, um, and it is very exciting because there's lots of kind of new, um, you know, uh, abilities and whatnot. Uh, yeah. looking like it's going on and you're kind of wondering what's happening with uh, the whole you know islands in the sky thing i just want to put out that the uh resurgence of well the reveal of some new breath of the world 2 footage coincided with a sudden spike in fan related content around lincoln uh sit on <laughs> To sit uh, and at Sidon and uh, and and the great fairies. The great fairies. The great fairies, wouldn't it? Uh, there was a little bit of Zelda and Link mixed in there, but no, it was mostly Sidon and 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 and, and great fairies. From what I saw in one corner to it, I was like, okay, guys, okay. I mean, you see, yeah. I, and I think it was a temporary reprieve for the same crowd from um, be, uh, from um, simping over um, Lady, how do you pronounce her name? D- 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 Miss- Dimitrescu or something. Mr. Jiska or whatever. Because um, like, obviously she's huge and obviously Sidon and, and, and the group are huge. So it's just... There's, there's like a rich vein of, uh, you know, people going, oh... <laughs> But what have we determined aside from the fact that it's a direct sequel of the Breath of the Wild 2? Like, shit, shit looks like it's gotten worse since the previous game. Yeah, I mean, there's there's islands in the sky. Thanks, Link. That appears to be um, kind of sections where you're kind of almost skydiving. So there's there's certain uh, level of... Um, it feels like influence from Skyward Sword. Which is getting a HD. Which is getting a HD re, uh, remake. Re- remaster. Mi- remaster, that's one, yeah. Is that, that's how... Uh, that's that how actually play it. 17th of uh, July. Mm. Uh, so it's like a week after your birthday, I think. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Or oh, the week after, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that there is that one. Um, Smash Bros, I've, I've just kind of lost... Interest in a way. It was funny bad. though seeing. Um, was it? Is it Kizua? Is it Kizua? How do you pronounce his name from Tekken? Oh, I, I don't think I'm familiar enough with Tekken to. It's like Devil Dude. You're on. Yeah, but, your yeah, own but it's the whole family because it's like Haichi, then him, and then is it is it Jin? Jin is a uh, the son. Youngest, yeah. 
didn't appear there. Um, yeah, there, there he was, was just a trailer for that. And throwing people in a volcano. I know. I mean, I think if I was told that Smash Bros was going to be more of a service-based thing um, at the beginning, then I'd be like, mm. but it's the fact that it's like Smash Bros Ultimate, and basically we're just gonna, you know, continue to, uh, you know. Do do new characters and stages and basically new content throughout the rest of it, uh, the Switch's life, and it's just like, yeah. But I mean, I I want to buy the game and then be able to play the game, and then that's it. I don't want to <laughs> buy the game and then have to buy more of the game and then more of the game and more of the game. What frustrates no. me is that they've done all this in lieu of having a story for Ultimate. Because I liked the story in um thingy, which was the Wii game. Oh, um, with a subspace emissary, uh, Smash Bros. Yes, that sounds about right. I mean, that there was kind of a um, uh, a single player um mode. Yeah, uh, but the thingy had like proper like animated scenes and story hmm. and stuff like to go with it, so. But yeah, um, so you've got we, now they referenced Metro Prime Four, which I would have been super psyched to see. Is it four off. or five? Is it four? No, four. Okay. Um, but they showed off Metro Pri- Metroid Five, which is Metroid Dread, um, which does kind of look quite cool. But by the same token, it's like a two D. It's continuation, basically the two D. Um, Metroid games, which is is kind of cool. Can you explain it, to everyone? It looks awesome. Can you explain to everyone its actual history, though? Because it has history before even having been released. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Metroid uh, Dread was a cancelled Metroid game um, that has obviously been re. re- what what done, what or? console was it? Yeah. Probably going to been out originally. Then, how long uh, ago was it? Um, I'd say probably about 10, 15 years, maybe. So, wait, keep, keep this? Keep, keep. Might be, it might have been on like, handheld at the time. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah. GBA I, DS. I, to be honest, without kind of looking at Google and whatnot, yeah. I, I wouldn't be But a long time ago. Yeah, a, lot, a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I get the feeling that the it's not so much a the game that's been in development, but the game design. Yeah. Yeah, so in. It, who knows what it was being developed for, but I think oh, they've. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they've just thawed it out and you know thrown it to a you know a third party dev or. It's what, very possible. But... I think Nintendo are starting to do this thing whereby you know they're taking uh, a while to you know kind of do their main series title, and so basically they either remaster or uh, you know kind of dig up you know sort of like older versions or older um, games of the same uh series and then outsource it yeah outsource it kind of relaunch it and whatnot in order to kind of yeah and it seems to be working for them i mean to be fair the the, if they if that is what they're doing that's actually uh, a form of business development that a, a lot of software companies are doing where they have like their core like properties and and products that they develop and then if there's any like little bits that would detract from them doing that, but it's still software. Whatever they outsource that software development elsewhere. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, it's it's kind of something that they had. Um, well, the first time I remember seeing that they had that approach was on the Game Boy Color. With um, 
some of the Zelda games that ah, came yes. out later. Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons? That's the ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those and that was Capcom. Capcom. Yeah. Um, and they did a few during the GameCube um, and Wii era, but they, I think they really had to sort of plunge into it when it came to the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And they seem to, you know, really open it up and ramp it up to, you know, try and get more games into the system. But it's nice that they're sort of holding on to that. It's it's a good it's a good practice. It's a good idea. I I want to point out that while I can't say much about Metroid because I've only ever played like the was it Prime mm. series, um, like the it was interesting to see obviously the smoothness of the kind of like the Prime style. Graphics, but then in a 2D view, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, oh, damn, what was the um, there was a 360 uh, sort of Metroidvania, and it it was uh, quite well reviewed, and I really enjoyed it. And then it turned out that um, the, the bloke who wrote it. Um, who also wrote Ender's Game, uh, Shadow Austin, Complex, Austin Scott, and Scott Card, yeah. So yeah, um, it was Shadow Complex, and that was rather good. And that was, um, you know, everything was done in three D, but it was just played on the two D plane, and you know that works really well. So I'm, you know, I already know those games can work really well, like that. So you know, I'm, yeah, I'm perfectly happy for uh, you know another. Uh, Metroid, whether it's 2D or, you know, Prime. It's kind of interesting that they've separated it out like that because it's like, you know, this is a Metroid game and they've kept it 2D. It doesn't have the Prime moniker. Mm. So I I don't know whether that's on purpose for them or whether they think, you know, Prime should be the, you know, the FPS or, you know, the first-person action game. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm not entirely sure whether the series is kind of meant to kind of continue on, or maybe they're like two separate universes. I mean, this is Nintendo we're talking about. We didn't get a fucking Zelda timeline until way, you know. And you yeah. and then and then they fudged it a little bit. Let's face it. In what way? I don't know. As in, like they they had to really think and kind of yes, yeah, to get still, things like, together. You know, where it's like, oh yes, there's three timelines that split off from Ocarina of Time. Um, you know, the child timeline, the adult timeline, and then the timeline where Link um, basically dies. dies. And it's like, hold on, I get the you know, I get the a child timeline, I get the adult timeline because you know. <laughs> That that can happen. It's basically split in, for, depending on you know, kind of which perspective you're going from. But the the death timeline doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> the, and and there was one other switch. Yes, uh, that you that did you like the look of, or did you uh, interested in? It's, it's WarioWare. Did it have a subtitle? Yes, I'm pretty sure it did, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um... The only reason I'm slightly excited about it, but it took me a moment to remember it, was because it's been so freaking long since a good WarioWare game. Mm. In fact, I don't think I've seriously liked a WarioWare game since um, the one that came out on the DS, because the one That's... that they, because the one that they did on um, was it was it Wii was the. One of them, one of the ones after Cube, was not as good as it could have been, um, and it wasn't as satisfying. It might was there a Wii U one? 
It's I think there might have been a Wii U one. It might be the Wii U one. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was, was like there was a GameCube one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the GameCube one was the one that I remember originally playing. Um, I think that's that's the that's the original. Well, then that yeah, um, and then there was definitely a motion controlled one, but mm. the touch one was really good. But then yeah, the one that came out of, after the cube one for the main consoles was not mm. as good. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a GBA one as well. Wouldn't surprise me. But that had a particular cartridge because, um, of course, the GBA didn't have motion sensors or anything like that mm. in, so or rumble, so they. Mm kind of did it like that but yeah anyway so i'm slightly excited about that but that's like the closest to a party game out of yes, yeah. everything that i was excited about because like there was that new was it mario party massive compilation well, it's a, it's thing. Kind of a, a remix kind of thing as far as i could tell i know to be honest i mean i've played a couple of the later mario party games i know there's been a big following of uh, the earlier part mario party games that were on the nintendo 64 mm. um yeah. and it's it's nice that you're going to be able to play mario party online with people um yeah Shogun's uh, not as laggy as proper Mario Maker. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean it's 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 never really struck me as um one to really kind of buy full price and kind of play and play to your heart's content. It's like you, you bring it out at a party and you you have a couple of goes, you you know, use it for a night and then it sits on the shelf. I, I kind of prefer to yeah. play a, a rhythm music game with a bunch of friends than um Mario Party. Not that anyone That's announced because you like screaming into the Except for Brooke Smith. I sometimes do guitar. Drums is no good. Don't make me do drums. Oh, yeah. that that Oh, God. That was a major chunk of the Ubi show. Yeah, it was Rock Smith. Wasn't yeah. It? Uh, yeah. I was just, oh, uh, God. Not again. Um. So yeah, so I think that was that was everything as well as like the Shimagami Tensei Five uh, trailer. Okay, but- can I just reiterate? It's not like I was really, really, really looking forward to it because I know <laughs> that I've been burned too many times with getting excited about Nintendo um, directs, directs, and then just being basically like, I did. I found like a tiny morsel of uh, interest in them. Yeah. So I was. I, I've all. I kind of. I play it safe now. I'm like, you know, I'll watch it. But um, I'm not expecting anything. I was genuinely surprised at, and surprised at myself with the Shin Megami Tensei Five. G- genuinely, uh, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be on my Christmas list or something. You know. Um, another thing to note because a lot of people be were like, "Oh, they're gonna announce. They were gonna announce this." Uh, if it's, is it game related? Yes. Okay. Uh, from, from the Nintendo one, what was it? Project Zero. That, that's yes. Oh, yeah. Well, um, another Project Zero. I mean, not that we've ever played Project uh, any of the. Oh, games, you but, should. But uh, I, you I, really I, should. I, I thought it was up End Street. It's it's Ooh. one of the best, most unsettling, spooky atmosphere series that I've played. Okay. And that's with a dub. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um it it's it's a genuinely good series and um yeah, I liked the idea of the Wii U version because it the whole do you know the game mechanic? Uh is it taking photos or yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. taking photos. 
you have like a spirit camera which can um not only do you see some of the the spirits and the ghosts and the creatures and things it's mostly like ghosts and basically yeah um the series as a whole is why you know someone goes oh there's a charming japanese village up there and it's got some unusual customs i would be legging it <laughs> down the mountain in the opposite direction just going no no fuck no no <laughs> especially if there are any um you know little girls in kimonos or bells it's like oh, no no wait no down the mountain <laughs> but yeah um you 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 have a spirit camera and you have different film which has got different strengths and you you can um you know, take photos of them at you know, specific moments, and it will you know deal them damage. So it's oh. it's kind of like um, photographic Ghostbusters, <laughs> or an adult version of Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, mm. <laughs> and you know, of course, you can see why that mechanic would work really well with the the Wii U you know controller. Mm. But Nintendo, in their infinite wisdom, thought, hey, there's a game that Paul specifically would really like to play on this format. Let's not release it in the West. <laughs> yes, I know. It was stupid of them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you have a respected developer do a successful, you know, um, you know, a new exclusive entry into a game series like that, and it's exclusive to your console, which needs new titles, and you can't be asked. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was very silly of them. Um, I was going to say, the one thing that a lot of people with the uh, Nintendo Direct, well, some people were thinking was, oh, it'd be the perfect opportunity for them to announce the uh, Switch Pro or Plus or whatever, and that didn't happen. Um, as the, I think one, one of the things, and I think it's... Uh, like something that the whole thing failed to address was like there was like apart from some sideways mentions to um covid over the past year um and kojima actually being freaking just brutal about the situation in tokyo at the moment um <laughs> which is surpri- normally so quiet and reserved as well i know um it was like they weren't expecting that um it was kind of like okay, cool. So the reason why no, like I could, like I, I could have been even more excited about most of these games, aside from the fact that it's almost impossible to buy anything at the moment, uh, in terms of hardware. Yeah. Um, like everyone is now suffering because of this semiconductor, this chips shortage, because semiconductors are such a critical component in everything, including stuff like microcontroller units. Yeah. Um. And it's just like it's bad. It's re- like genuinely like you, we're looking at several years now for production to reach. I think a re- a reasonable level again. It doesn't yeah. help that we've got certain industries like the automotive industry deciding to strong arm everybody else out of the market because they have one of the most chip hungry products cars have got so many uh microcontrollers in them now it's in like they like almost every freaking system and it's its own little computer and yeah. it's just insane how many chips their shit needs um and it takes anything from about i think two to three and a half years to get a chip factory built 
and up to capacity. Yeah. It's not a quick thing. Um, and, and you know, on top of all that, you've got the uh, the global shipping system with these, you know, which is container ships. Yeah. Not even going to say anything about the Suez Canal thing because. But yeah, you all know, that, right? That right. Happened. Thing that happened. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the whole thing is geared towards these massive ships, getting them offloaded, getting the contents out of them, and then taking more contents, putting them into those you know, newly empty containers and then shipping them back to the Far East so the whole thing can, you know, work, you know, both yeah. ways, maximizing, you know, all of that. However, you've got this whole COVID thing going on, which means that um, a lot of these docks are not operating at full capacity, which means that you get these container ships having to, you know, circle around waiting until they have you know, an opening. And then, of course, there's all the dock workers who are also reduced, getting all the you know the stuff out of the containers, which means that the whole system has been grinding to horrible halt. Yeah. So, yeah, just everything is conspiring to make it worse. Um. So yeah. So cons- I would say that everyone's going to continue having a console shortage for some time, unless you know, like. Um, companies decide to start doing more local manufacturing outside of Asia. Um, that's the one thing. I think that's, some might think about it. I mean, the the with the with the chips situation. I mean, I know it's only a component, um, but people like like Intel's building more sites suddenly in America. The uh, I mean, it's so bad that I think was it Congress or whatever um, last week and a half announced. Uh, as part of one of their um, bills, uh, something like fifty-two billion or something going towards the the current sort of component situation, um, with the intention that some of it should be built and make or spent on making sure that um, foundries, chip foundries, whatever, get built in the US. Yeah, um, I think like, but basically, two thirds of the world's micro <laughs> semiconductors are built in East Asia. Um, majority of them between uh, Taiwan and South Korea. And yeah. they got it. Obviously, you've had issues with COVID and closures and that. Um, Japan makes some as well, so just China, but Japan makes some. Japan, one of their big factories or one of their like factories of testing and that, they had a freaking fire earlier this year. Um, and they're only going to be back, reaching back up to capacity in theory next month. Um, freaking Taiwan, where a whole lot, lot gets made. They're dealing with one of the worst droughts they've had in ten years, and, and guess what? Needs lots of water to be made. Yeah, Sem- semiconductors. Um, like, uh, it, 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 and, and then, and like, even with the um stuff that already facilities that already exist in the US, like there was uh several weeks or more of shutdown uh, for some of the US sites because they were in Texas and they got hit by the storms earlier this year. Like there's just there's just there's like there's backlogs there's natural man-made disasters and um, as far as I'm concerned greedy automotive makers <laughs> that like yeah. shipping just everything is just conspiring against global supply chains for most in, uh, like biz enterprise government and personal um, electronics basically. Everything's conspiring, conspiring against it at the moment in terms of like just every everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. It's it's kind of 
I'm planning the you know the big family meal, and it's great because you know I've got no, I've not got much you know freezer and fridge space or cupboard space. So what I've been doing is you know I've been buying some things in in advance, but the rest of it I can just go to the shop around the corner just before I start cooking it. Yeah. Oh, the shop's closed because of a flood. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like Nintendo, like they've already like got the Switch, um, and as Richard, and the Switch were, Lite, and the Switch Lite, as, Richard, as you were saying, like for them, it's still printing money. Um, yeah. You said that before we started recording, and yeah. um, like if they've got the parts that they need for at the moment, if they've got a particular chipset, or they know that you know if they've got stockpiles or you know whatever, like they're not going to start shifting to something else at the moment as soon as maybe we'd all be expecting them to because the supply chain is just such a clusterfuck. Yeah, it's like, why would they throw the cat amongst the pigeons at this point? I mean, I'm sure if um, Microsoft and Sony had realised just how ridiculous... Because obviously, like, the releases for the the, the, the Xbox One X... Uh, oh, sorry, not Xbox One X, the Xbox X and the Xbox S, plus the PS5 flash, the last yeah. year... like. They obviously before the pandemic decided they would be releasing by a certain point. Yeah, with, with the well, it should be over soon. Yeah, um, and w- they would had it, would it be over soon. <laughs> and like a lot of manufacturers, they don't stockpile necessarily tons of components. A lot of manufacturers these days uh, use the toy method of manufacturer, which is like the just in time or you know, a version of lean manufacturing. Um, mm. So it's just kind of like, well. <laughs> You know, like that, that they they will spot, stockpile to an extent, or they will stockpile if they have the foresight to see that things are about to get crazy. Um, and some brands did. I mean, for instance, um, another reason why there's perhaps uh, had a knock-on effect on the chip shortage is that during the course of 2018 to 19, Huawei stockpiled a whole load of chips and other components because they weren't sure how the trade ban. A looming trade ban situation with the US was going to play out and they were about to be cut out of a load of the semiconductor market plus other stuff. Um, it's because in the case of semiconductors, for instance, while the US makes about 11% of them, their, respon- their companies are responsible for 46% of the actual designs. So it's their yeah. IP, it's American IP, it's American companies. Um, so yeah, so basically like uh, companies like Huawei and that actually like before the pandemic, stockpiled a load of stuff during like the last bit or last sort of like quarter to half of well, not quarter, yeah, last quarter or so of um, uh, an eighth of Trump's presidency because <laughs> they didn't have things were going to go, um, and so that had a knock-on effect as well. So it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> um, so that's why in this tangent uh we're not going to see a switch pro plus whatever any time soon can, can i tangent that tangent oh go for it now when it comes to nintendo um i don't know if anyone's noticed but um i'm not the most loyal customer <laughs> you don't say mm. um but i you know i do have quite a few nintendo um you know, games around. It's just I tend to be very selective because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find if they're out on another platform, they tend to be better. Yeah. And However, the, the no. toilet, the toilet playing experience of Skyrim on a Nintendo Switch is unrivaled anywhere else. 
I will take your word for that. <laughs> Actually, there is a switch um, about two feet away from me with Skyrim installed, so I could test that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, now, I've complained before about the way that Nintendo will frequently uh, just try to uh, make sure that nothing gets discounted. Mm-hmm. When it's when it's their own stuff. When it's especially well, especially when it's their own stuff. But yeah. um, I was thinking, it's like, yeah, I've got budget re-releases, although I've tended to avoid them just because I don't like the way they're packaged. Yeah. I am that shallow. Um, from N sixty four, um, looking at there's a you know I've got a GameCube silver. Um, you know, uh, like, you know, player's choice or whatever it's called. Um, I've got one or two, uh, you know, player's choice of um, Wii stuff. Where's the Switch label? That's a good point. Yeah, because I suddenly realised, because I thought, oh, you know, I, I saw someone uh, mention that, you know, um, Breath of the Wild yeah. was reduced on the e-store. And I, yeah, I just suddenly thought, wait a minute, there isn't a, you know, a budget, you know, budget platinum player's choice, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, label on the Switch. Is there at all? No. No, there isn't. And I thought, oh. Because <laughs> that, that's a major thing against me. Because, you know, I would like to pick up, you know, some things, especially when you get um, later revisions that might have things fixed or, you know, a little thing added. Yeah. Um, for As an example, uh, one of my favourite re-releases was um, on the Wii, and it was Pikmin New Play Control. Hmm. So it was a, a GameCube game which got um, upgraded to widescreen, and had you know Wiimote support, which was perfect for a game like that. Yeah, and it was always a you know a source of um, you know frustration and fury for me that I couldn't get hold of a copy of Pikmin Two New Play Control because I I sang something like seventy hours into Pikmin Two on you know GameCube. So I would love to play that again, you know, with a Wiimote. But yeah, it's just damn it, there isn't a re-release label on on switch there's no way to get these things cheaper unless nintendo decides to you know do a discount on the store and i find that frustrating no that's fair i i mean i had a uh like oh crumbs like i don't i can't remember if i've mentioned the podcast but like uh before christmas i ended up fielding questions from uh, people at work who've got kids who happen to have switches, like young kids, like under, mm. like thirteen, um, for like game recommendations. And also, I did recommend the Nintendo titles, but then at the same time, they're like, "Oh, but you know the price." And yeah. so I was like, "Okay, well, I'd also point out though, like for those who were old enough for it, but Breath of the Wild, yes, is expensive, but that's a lot of game time, like a lot." Um, but then pointed out that like okay, so then I had to go and do my research, and because uh, they they're just not experienced with games, uh, and just find a whole load of like mostly indie mm-hmm. um, that have reviewed well and were age appropriate, and kind of made those suggestions for people. Um, 
but yeah, like intense, certainly like stuff that's like first and f- uh, second party from them. Yeah, it, it the price situation is a bit ridiculous at times. Uh, yeah, and and that's what was making you know that's what made me realize it's like hang on. <laughs> I I'm not sure if they ever did it in um, Europe. Paul will know better than me on this. But did they ever do like budget re-releases on the NES? I don't know if you're going to remember that. No offense, it was quite some time ago. Because I, Not I'm pretty sure. Aware. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did on Snares, and they definitely did on N64. So you know they have a history of doing, you know, cheaper re-releases. But yeah, that that's what stopped me in my tracks mm-hmm. with this because I just thought, oh, <laughs> and it's kind of in you know with the same situation as you know you with you know looking at some of the you know the first party stuff and um, you know seeing how pricey it was, and just thinking, yeah. yeah, some of their first party stuff was the stuff that ended up on Player's Choice. Well, yeah, because I mean, even I mean. I got into gaming late in terms of my age, but um, even I remember seeing like some of the Gamers Choice stuff for Cube. You know, mm. um, I'm gonna be the song because I, looking at my list, I think. Oh, although, hang, um, just little thing as well. Uh-oh. I just remembered. Yeah. That, um, Project Zero, uh, which was on the, it was on the Nintendo Direct. Yes. That is apparently going to be multi-format. Mm. Multi-format. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So I, it, it may be that Nintendo's got the first nod. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, w- yeah. I would have at least be expecting, like, um, some like Shin Megami Tensei 5 to be on, like, probably, like, PS5 or something. I always thought mm. that Project Zero was uh, Nintendo. They might have had some, like, maybe they've had the old one that was just them. Okay. Um, but um, anyway... Th- Let's see, uh, Project Zero, Xbox. Um, Project Zero 3, The Tormented, PS2. Fair enough. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I've got 1 and 2 on Xbox, and 3 was uh, PlayStation 2, um, and then I think they moved to... There was a a Wii exclusive, so they they kind of went, you know, Wii and Wii U exclusive with Nintendo. Ah. Because I think think they liked... You know, especially with Wii U, they like the you know the camera on you know, on the little controller. Right, that's, that's, that's the first and only time I'm going to call it a little controller. <laughs> uh, Retro, my notes say that you have four more games to talk about. I will do them quickly, and especially now because I stood up again to look at my game shelf, and um, the cat has stolen my seed. <gasps> Haven't you? Yes, you have. But it's okay because you're a cat. Uh, let's see. Uh, Starfield, uh, back for blood. Uh, Psychonauts 2. Yes. That so was on the. I, I don't. I, I've only ever seen like just game cases for Psychonauts. I know nothing about Psychonauts um, at all. Imagine it. It's. Uh, well, the, the strange art style, mm. but it's kind of an action platformer and the stages and worlds 
are based on the idea that you are a psychonaut, like a you know cosmonaut, but you go into people's minds and dreams. So you know the worlds and levels are based on, um, you know people's issues or uh, um, interpretations or the way they internalize a problem. Yeah. So you you get some. Yeah, um, like the, the milkman level in the original Psychonauts. My milk is delicious. <laughs> And you know various you know strange worlds, and it's just it's really nicely done. And uh, from what I can tell, the original Psychonauts, it was reviewed really well. Um, didn't sell. Is it sort of like it, is it like sort of cult classic, basically? I think it's very much a cult classic. It did get released on PC as well. Um, it was. Uh, by Double Fine. I've who... definitely played something of this before. Brutal pro- Legend? No. Something less violent. Summon Max. Double Fine. I don't think it was Double Fine. I'm just going to look um, up them up a minute. The, the rights have gone a little bit strange because they... Um, they're run by um, Tim. I forget his name now. Tim of Legend. That's his Twitter handle. Is it Tim Schaefer? Yes. Yeah. And he was involved in a lot of the LucasArts uh, graphic adventure games. So for, um, he was uh, he did day. You know he was working on Day of the Tentacle and. Basically, the the uh, graphic adventures that LucasArts did up until Grim Fandango, and they did remasters of um, Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango, which were released on on PC and console. That you know they did relatively well. Um, I think you know well basically because LucasArts got just dissolved. And especially because yeah. Disney owned them now, so yeah. But yeah, they they did those remasters, and I think um, it was a bit of a passion project to do Psychonauts too, because you know Tim Schafer, that was you know Tim Schafer's sort of um, you know action platformer weird baby, and weird it's baby. it's been rumored for ages that there was a Psychonauts too, you know, mostly in a just we would like a Psychonauts too. Because there's still plenty you could do with, you know, such a weird idea. And finally, yeah, it's going to be released uh, this year, I think. Um, I the the thing I Day was, one and Game Pass. <laughs> the, the the thing I was thinking of was um, a brief foray into a Connect Party. Ah, which yeah, is I also terif- did cost, costume quest. Yes, and two. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So sorry. So Psychonauts two. You're so for. Is there anything else? That might be yes. Okay. Uh, there's the Outer Worlds two, which just had a um, a, a humorous reveal trailer. Snarky. 
snarky where they, yeah they basically said we don't have anything to show you but here's some hints and here's the logo <laughs> and, and like very self-aware yeah. of, of how of how game trailers for games that haven't been fully developed yet tend to play out yeah we're going to show you the protagonist but only from the back in the name profile because we, we've not finished the design yet and in shadow yeah yeah so um looking forward to that uh there was slime rancher 2 which was one of those um games that i would never have touched if it wasn't for epic uh game store giving away slime rancher mm. and um lou my other half you know played it and i really enjoyed it and you know i was watching and thinking, yeah, this is quite good. And I have sort of, you know, monkeyed about with it. What is and it's the concept quite... of slime, slime Rancher? Um, well, you have these wild slimes on this planet that you've reached. Okay. And you can kind of, you know, vacuum them up and take them back to your base and you can, you know, build little environments for them. You can tame them and they will produce energy for you. And you you then grow certain types of crop that they'll like and you feed them these things and you can feed them, you know, different crops and it will alter them. Mm. And then as the game progresses, uh, you can, you know, build, you, you keep adding things to your uh, base and you discover different types of slime in different time, you know, um, bits of environment on this planet. And it's just, it's just kind of, it, it tickles a lot of game itches. And it's just charming. Yeah. So um, I, w- I will copy you a link to the uh, the trailer so you can have a look. But yeah, it, it's just, it's it's genuinely the, you know, a relaxing kind of, you know, gamey game. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that there's um, a sequel coming out. It, I can't recall if that one is day one game pass. Like okay. most things in the Bethesda ones were. But um Yeah, that is a link to the trailer. I was just making sure. Uh, let's <laughs> see, what else was there? Um I think you said when we were in the pre-show that there was something Lee was excited about. Yes. Um a Plague Tale, which was uh kind of a little indie game. Um set in a time of plague and you have to um, avoid dark areas because that's where the rats are. And it goes into a kind of a supernatural weird direction because there's a bloodline that can control the rats. Mm. So I won't go into you know, it uh, any more than that. just reminding me a little bit of Dishonored, at least the first one. Um, Not be- just purely, purely yeah. because of rats being a component. Yeah, it's it's a good game and it's well worth playing. Um, it is on Game Pass, but um, hmm. well, one of my other cats has just uh, jumped on my knee, and uh, I've realised that she doesn't have her collar on. Definitely your cat, though, right? Oh yeah, uh, because she knows that she can just boss me around. Okay, mind you, that's most of the cats anyway. But um, yeah. Uh, it was more like a kind of a teaser reveal. Well, they call it a reveal trailer, so that was, yeah. um, you know, quite good. Yeah. So Plague Tale Requiem, and um, 
there's going to be more rats. And it looks like the first game was quite successful for them, so it looks like it's on a, a much bigger scale. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, there's there's a few things which are just, ooh, you know? Mm. And well, not not all of them sort of big Bethesda. No. Um, and or, or there was that point where, uh, and if there are any racing game fans out there, um, I'm sorry, but, like, I fast-forwarded through the Forza 5 segment on the showcase. It's, although, to be fair to it, it's Forza Horizons, which is a different series. Yeah. And that's more sort of open... Um, open world. Did you um, ever play, like, Burnout Paradise or...? No. I've always been, like, a track kind of... If I do play racing games, there's a set set place to drive. The I'm the Forza games are a little bit dry for me, but the Forza Horizon ones are quite quite good fun. I've enjoyed those. So that that's not one that I'm like oh massively excited about like um you know star thingy starfield. Yeah. So it's not like a <gasps> I must have that, but it's like a oh That'd be cool. Uh, if anyone's wondering why we haven't mentioned any Ubisoft up until this point, pretty much, um, it, it's because we're kind of pissed off about that whole HR situation they got going on, and I certainly chose to not watch their own actual talk because of it. Because um, I wasn't watching anything live. It was all after the fact. Um and I Frankly, got... that, that's the best way, because then yeah. you can just watch the thrillers you want. Um, Far Cry 6 wandered my path because it was on the Xbox showcase. Um, and, like, I'm not... I, I like the fact that you can switch it up in terms of, I think, like, the sort of gender of people you play, but mm. I'm not super... I'm not allowing myself to be super excited about it at the moment, because, like, yeah... Maybe I, I've seen lots of people who were put off by Far Cry Five. I mean, the the whole ending of like uh, of Far Cry Five was yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I could deal with the political element of it. How the game ended though was just like wait, um, and then like oh uh, you know, Squeenix you know, did a thing. Yep. So life, life is strange, true colours, and they're still persevering with that Avengers game. I feels like they're like killing themselves over there a little bit. I, I, one of my brothers, I think, is still playing it. I'm not sure if he's the only person still playing it, but sometimes it sounds like it. <laughs> just, just wandering keep... around in the in-game, in going hello. Um, just sort of reenacting um, is it John Travolta's character from uh, Pulp Fiction with the coat and the questing yeah. questing questing arms um, but yeah I know like and I, I caught like the Devolver Digital like craziness um, which ripped into the Microsoft's Game Pass um, quite heavily but um, like I wasn't well, it's, excited it, it, I, it, 
it, it wasn't just Game Pass, but yeah, it was like the, it was the whole AAA kind of model as it currently. Well, stands. yeah, it, it was just like the the EA one and Ubi yeah. did one and PlayStation Plus as well and yeah, yeah. Um, with, I I did like the the way they were. You know, um, you know, with an exclusive blah blah blah, you won't have access to the game. You'll have to yeah. buy that separately. But yeah, um, but I didn't get excited about anything whilst watching it. Um, it will definitely be like probably after the fact if I do. Like this is literally what happened with Hades. Emmy, like Hades, just kind of like I was seeing fan art of it, and I was just like, this looks interesting. Um, and so, then finding out the game, this? and then and then finding out the game was about as rude as the fan art. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Shadow Warrior 3. From I've not played any of the Shadow Warrior games, so I, I can't comment there. Um, I think the one thing that I noticed from all of this was that while there were sort of games that had story, there was a story wasn't a big part for a lot of the showcases mm. that happened. And con- and also, I think related to that is that there wasn't anyone coming forward with any big RPG ness, um, like because EA didn't do like a proper thing or anything. So there were like no updates about what was it Dragon Age? Is it Dragon Age Four at this point? Yeah. Um, obviously, like they, 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 they like basically whatever remains there are of Bioware doesn't seem to be doing much at the moment. Um, other than dragon age um well other than but, yeah staying quiet and exactly what they're doing yeah um and and basically that like role-playing games just seem to be kind of as a genre kind of absent like you had like a couple of like jrpg small jrpg jprg ugh, jrpgs kicking about um yeah there was a was there a little bit of Final fantasy on the screen x1 or not I honestly couldn't tell. Yeah, um, there was anything major, obviously, um, and like the the um, the biggest JRPG to actually, I think, actually have much said about it anyway was actually the Shin Megami Tensei Five, um, and then like nobody else seemed to have it. Like there didn't seem to be anything where, aside from ah, uh, is it Starfield? Yeah, um, and obviously Bethesda in their showcase being like, "Oh yes," and basically you can play it all our back catalog on Game Pass. Um, like there weren't massive RPG announcements. Like nobody seems to be doing obvious story based with customization RPGs at the moment. If they are, they're yeah. keeping all really quiet. I mean, I was pissed off there wasn't any more news than um, freaking Elder Scrolls Six. I was hoping so, and I was really desperately hoping that there would be some showing of the new Fable. Yeah. It got mentioned in passing somewhere, I think. That was it, but there was, like, no visuals, no nothing. It was just yeah, name Yeah, drop. it was just, uh, you know, it, it exists. I, I'm not... I, I've never been a huge Fable fan, but I know that um, a lot of people are obviously waiting for another one. Um, so yeah, I know it just felt like 
the the genres I like the most, which is the story driven stuff. So okay, I do like action games, but only if they're like massively story driven. And uh, and actually, I, I prefer RPGs. But it felt massively underrepresented for like the first. And this is the first time I bothered to like peek in on E three in like a while. Yeah. I'm just like oh, um, okay, cool. Um, like yeah, it- the games we've mentioned today, some of them super hyped for, but at the same time, a lot of it isn't the kind of stuff that um I will play again and again. When I get my hands yeah. on it, yeah. I mean, I, I, the definite impression I got, especially from the Microsoft showing, was that well, first of all, they're pushing Game Pass like hell. Yes. Um, Would you like a Game Pass with your Game Pass with your Game Pass? Yeah, it, it's like okay, I got the, uh, yeah, I, uh, I get it, I get it. It is good value. It's like yes, you have actually got this. Yeah, okay. Um, Bethesda Pass. Yes, and it it was yeah a different feeling of um, oh twenty twenty one is the year that there's actually stuff to play on the Xbox Series X rather than just Xbox One stuff playing mm. better. Yeah. So yeah, there were there were quite a few. There, there were a few where it it was not um, you know cross gen. And say, like, okay, you know, so this is this is um, you know Series X, that Series X. Um, oh, and of course the the big um, the big thing which I've not actually seen much mention of, which was Halo multiplayer going free to play. Oh yeah, that was the thing. But I, I mean, that passed me by because Halo's never been my thing. So. Well, yeah, I've 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 played multiplayer, and it's you know it it can be good fun, but I've not played it for years. But it's it's something that I've said that they should do, you know, for ages that that they should split the multiplayer off, you know, from the campaign. Yeah. And it's like it's it's kind of good to see, but yeah, it the game looks like it's on a more solid footing than last year's showing. Mm-mm. They also seem to be very proud of the um, open worldness that they'd improved. Yes, for at least the like main story. Um, so yeah, uh, and I just I get that they've had a tough year because COVID. Um, at the same time, though, it's also in a way the video games industry is one of the industries that's come out on top during this whole thing. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you, you just thought there, you know what a big surprise was? What, what? That there was bugger all mentioned for Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, and there was a freaking uproar on Twitter after Direct that no one had said anything about it. After a year of it being like an emotional crutch for many of us. I mean, to be fair, I, I got rid of that crutch in about June, July last year. But um, yeah. I I lasted a little bit longer with it, but by the time the Halloween stuff was coming, it's like I I'm over this now. Once the fireworks started over the summer, I was just like, cool, and I'm out of here. Yeah. I wanted to do other things with my time. It's like it it was very good. It was it could not have been released at a more perfect time. Yeah. But. Yeah. 
I was kind of hoping for a, like a big content update and then I could go back to it, but nothing. Yeah. This tumbleweeds on that corner. Yeah, which I thought was a missed opportunity, really. I do wonder if, because the Tokyo Game Show normally happens later in the year, was it sort of more like September? Yes. I want to say. Um, it'd be interesting as to whether or not, obviously, that happens in any formal capacity this year and whether or not it's like mostly virtual or not. Um, they've got to deal with freaking like whatever the hell happens to the Olympics and the effect that that might have on the local area. Um, Anyone else getting a really bad feeling about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Kojima say, you know, like Tokyo's in a state of emergency at the moment, technically. Um, during his stuff for um, the um, whatever Amazon was doing with their sort of showcase, mm. so it's just like yeah, mm, mm, yeah. Um, I want to play video games. The stuff I want to play video games on are not easily available. But also, at the same time, weirdly, the kinds of video games I want to play aren't available because nobody's mm. making them apparently. It's a weird situation. I mean, I can play lots of old ones. But um, like people are making it very difficult to drop sweet, sweet, hard earned, you know, real money on um, stuff mm. at the moment. Even mm. if I've got hardware to play it. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, but there's still some stuff to get excited about. Get excited about. I'm just I'm just bringing out my list to remind myself what to get excited about. You know, we should be getting excited about cool stuff like Starfield, obviously, when that maybe that comes out. Back for Blood. I'm going to say it again. Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, Redfall. Um, mm. Dead Stra- uh, Death Stranding. Uh, Director's Cut. Because for some reason, that game will... Uh, it might be a game that I'll keep buying versions of, which I've never done for a Kojima game before. Get excited about Psychonauts 2. Plague Inc. Tale Requiem, Slime yep. 2, Out of Worlds 2, Breath of the World 2, Metroid Dread, The New Warrior Wear, yes. um, Project, the new Project Zero, um, and maybe just maybe a little bit of Halo. But like, there were over 30 games or whatever, like across everything. Um, EA didn't do a big showing. Obviously, Sony did nothing. Is it the first year they did nothing, or did they? Because there wasn't really anything last Like, have they been not bothering they, for a while? Um, I think for about the last two years at least, they've not been at E3, and they've done their own presentation when they feel like it. Okay, so they might, maybe they'll do something over the summer. Maybe I'm hoping so. Yeah. At the same time, at the moment, like, yes, if I could get my hands on Xbox Series X, like, yes, that becomes Bethesda machine. Uh, at the same time, PS5 still needs to be doing a little bit more to convince me that it's worth trying to, you know, sacrifice, you know, firstborns for. I'm not going to sacrifice yeah. a firstborn, by the way, Paul, just in case you're worried. He doesn't believe Man. me. He's giving me a look of not believing me. I mean, it depends. Don't make that promise yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, there has been some stuff that's come out that I want to play, you know, like Resident Evil 8 and stuff, but, um, and the, and the freaking interlude 
Final Fantasy VII yuffie thing. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I think that's all we got time for this week, guys. I think it might be. <gasps> so it is good night from. It is good night from me, Paul Wood. I'm Retroid on Eurogamer.net and Super Retroid on Twitter. It's good night from me, Paul Blurt, and I'm on Twitter at Paul Blurt. And it's good night from me, Emily King. I'm on Twitter at EMKingMA. You can find notes to this episode over at www.nerdsassemble.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nerds Podcast. We're on Facebook as Nerds Assemble Podcast. You can find episodes if you haven't already on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, and a couple of other places where you get your podcasts. Um, but that is it. Good night. Good night. Day one on Game Pass. Definitely is for you. <laughs>